0: Hey friends, welcome to Drink Sober Not Boring. My name is Era. I'm a former bartender and a current recovering alcoholic. Each week we'll be joined by a different guest from the non-alcoholic space. These remarkable individuals will bring their unique stories and perspectives, shedding light on a world beyond alcohol, full of joy, growth, and endless possibilities. Together we'll navigate the challenges, celebrate our victories, and create a supportive community that thrives on compassion, understanding, and resilience. If you enjoyed the episode, please consider leaving a review. It helps others looking for support find us more easily. But here's what matters most. If you know someone who's currently struggling, Someone who could benefit from feeling less alone on their journey, I ask you to please share this podcast with. Okay, so this week on the podcast we have Molly. Molly makes drinks from Instagram. How are you, Molly?
1: I'm great. How are you doing?
0: Good. So nice to have you on the podcast. You were like the top of my list when I started, and of course. Oh my god! Yeah, of course. I, I've been following you. I think since you've kind of started, I was like. Number one, I thought that your at name was genius. So I was like, <laughs> thank I'm glad that you stuck with it. And like you're making a business out of it too. That's awesome.
1: Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, I'm really excited about that. It's a whole journey, but it's coming together. Yeah, I mean, to
0: get to do what you kind of are inspired to do and, and what makes you feel like you're contributing in a space that you probably needed some help with at one point has got to be fulfilling in a way that another job just couldn't be.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. My, my career history was as a barista and other roles in the coffee industry for about 18 or 19 years. Oh, wow. And yeah, I started, I started young <laughs> and, uh, animal. <laughs> it's all relative. It's all relative. Right. <laughs> um, so I did, you know, I did coffee for a long time and that was really a satisfying career at one point, but then, I found that I just really needed to make my own way and develop my own path in this world. Um, and so to get to do this thing that I am you know, was already doing, like doing non-alcoholic drinks, non alcoholic events, and consulting, um, now get to do getting to do that professionally is I don't know, it just makes my heart
0: really it, it makes me feel I wanna be like it's like a dream come true. And I know that might sound like yeah. corny, but like I feel like when you've gone through some things as, you know, life altering as going from somebody who drinks and somebody who doesn't and having to learn who you really are and going through all of that kind of chaos and to like have it blossom into something that's actually going to help someone else who's going through that journey. I just, I, once I did that, I was like, oh, nothing's going to ever be satisfying it. Like, I'm not going to be able to do something um, that's monetarily going to make more impact on me then helping someone get sober and that was like a very jarring thing i always thought like if i'm you know you think if i make a bunch of money i'll be happy you think that when you're young and then you have a bunch of money and you're like wait i'm not happy shit <laughs> what do i do wrong right. right. yeah <laughs> so that's so cool i did you start your instagram as just like a hobby when when you started you know what 2020 ish i think is when i when i started yeah. seeing you
1: yeah you're absolutely right um i did start around like 2019 2020. And it started as a hobby. Um, Just because like, I noticed that it, it was my public Instagram. And I noticed that all of my posts were becoming about non alcoholic drinks anyway. So I was like, I might as well do something with this and just like, have fun. Yeah. And I had no idea of the trajectory it was going to take me on. Um, But it, you know, it, it went from being just fun little,
0: I'll even say dorky. Even though you didn't know it was going to become so popular in like 10 years. We're going to be like yeah. the coolest people. They're going to look back and be like, these people didn't drink before it was cool. Like, that's right. I'm, <laughs> I'm convinced that I did it. Like, last few years that I got sober it was like when it wasn't cool. And now I'm like, okay, I'm really happy for y'all, but like, that was not my experience. But good for you. I'm so happy <laughs> for the change. But <laughs> um, yeah, it's important. It's, it's I think, you know, being one of the first is important, but it's definitely hard because you see support being given that you've never got and you're like, damn. Secretly i to go that that would be awesome, but it's also cool to be at the very beginning because we have a opportunity to like shape it and uh keep it as how do I put this kind as possible. When mm-hmm. I started on this last journey or whatever and I went on Instagram, with like it- this is the kindest corner of the internet. Like I found the kindest corner of the internet, and I don't want to tell anybody because I want it to get ruined. And yes. for the for the very beginning, like the first maybe six months, I had it. It was like a pink cloud of Instagram. It was like everybody trying to help everybody, and there was a, you know ego kind of subsided, and everyone was was kind of put back into their level because we were all stuck at home. So nothing that you did outside of home was important so all of us kind of were like leveled to the same like okay we're all just alcoholics stuck in the house and course that had to end because it's a they call it a thin cloud for a reason but for a long time i was like just keep it like this like we're not we're not being judgy we're not um talking badly about anybody because we all understood the struggle was so intense to get there like just you know but of course humanity is what it is and it's not as kind as it used to be, right. but I like cling on to the people that I saw in the very beginning who are just especially kind, just like, like your posts were just kind of giving and you're like, Hey, this is what I'm doing. I don't care. You can like it, not like it. I don't care. You know, if you want to, it, it's just very refreshing to so many people who want success in the social media space and they kind of, it, it, it's off-putting you're like i i don't i don't really know why why you're doing this and that makes you question mm-hmm. all of it and i for people like you and i we just kind of started having fun and just putting it out there i think just like i didn't have an expectation of it becoming popular when it did i was like oh super cool like it wasn't like you know anything about me per se it was like oh, i'm just a conduit for this this hobby that probably a ton of people have and That's i exactly. we was like she's doing the same thing like we're just gonna band together we're gonna and we have so I'm like really really proud of the people that I saw in the beginning that kind of were being vulnerable before it was cool
1: to be vulnerable that's right yeah I completely agree and it is kind of sad that some of the Instagram spaces spaces or the social media spaces have shifted a little bit um I think they've become a little bit more commercialized and even at times I'm guilty of participating in that um not intentionally but you know i find brands that i'm excited about and i share them on instagram and um that can feel a little less personal and less about the the joy recovery of it all yeah exactly like it's there's there's so much joy there's so much promise to be had with uh with being alcohol free and you know no matter what that looks like to you there's there are just there's hope mm-hmm. and, and and i think sometimes i lose sight of that and i i think that's true of a lot of people so honestly this conversation is already a good reminder to me to stay true to the roots of why i started my instagram and it's just i feel that people deserve to have access and options for non-alcoholic beverages if that's a useful tool for them or you know enjoyable mm-hmm. And that's what it's about for me and, and not about the brand or anything else.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've always said, like, I just want to lower the barrier barrier to entry to sobriety. Because I feel. Yes. No, I don't feel. I know that the getting started is the hardest part of every task for me. So, like, sobriety is just the same. But for a lot of people, just even telling somebody they want to get sober, within five minutes, they'll hear 14 things. that will be like, oh, I'm not doing that. And right, it's so sad because you don't see the magic until you're in it. But if you're too scared to get in it, then you'll never see the magic. And I just want to, like, create that time where you think about getting sober to where you actually take some time away from drinking to, like, make that timeline a little bit shorter. Because I don't mm-hmm. know a single person who's like, I wish I drank an extra year. You know? I wish right. I... Right. I've heard plenty of people say, I wish I stopped when I was blah, blah, blah. I wish that was the end for me. And it wasn't for whatever reason, but if we could just, you know, get people healthier, even five years sooner, the impact on health and mental is huge um, as well. That's or like clinical health at all. But like it just, if you can get in there, you'll probably stay. But if you don't make the jump, you're never going to get in there. And then, and then I feel like I failed in somehow, some way by not. Giving someone a, like the safe space to get sober, like there isn't any in the public eye. There's nowhere you can go and be like, "I want to get sober, but I'm not sure." Where they're not going to be very upset that you said you're not sure, right? And, for sure. Okay, it's hard enough anyways, and now I'm, of course, I'm nervous about something like that, and I'm getting shunned. Of course, I'm not going to want to continue. Mm-hmm. The whole sober curious space is like, yeah, it wasn't a thing you. It was very black and white, you know, 30 years ago. And unfortunately, I think a lot of people died because of that. Like, actually yeah. could have been helped and for whatever reason didn't fit into this little box that you have to fit in to be in that crowd. And also have the privilege to even get in that box, which is a whole different right. conversation. But if you can get to the point where you don't drink for a little bit, you'll that'll be enough for you. right? I can like, all right, you're on your own because you can see the actual changes in your life and it's a lot easier to continue when you can see change and feel it whereas somebody like just mm-hmm. come on it'll, it'll get better get better like I remember when I first got sober I was like yeah bullshit there's no fucking ways he's getting better like mm-hmm. you know like you're just telling me this because of whatever motive that you have to keep me sober and it took me a long time to be of the mind that I say that to the people and I really believe it like I don't right romanticize a drink anymore or whatever it took me like three years but that's gone I never thought I would be able to go to a party and not wish I was everybody else
1: yes absolutely and I
0: mean how much more deflating can it be you're you don't want to even you don't want to be anybody but yourself like doesn't even matter if it's the worst person off at that party (laughs) if they're drinking you would rather be them and like right if you had a cool drink in your hand or you you know weren't sitting there thinking about how you don't
1: fit in probably could have a pretty good time yes absolutely so like yeah i I found that that's definitely true for me yeah i I was
0: like i have social anxiety i'm surrounded by a bunch of assholes (laughs) who tell me if i don't drink that i'm like they don't trust me because i don't drink and i'm like well, that's toxic (laughs) right i don't say because you don't do x y and z i don't x y and z you like that right, you find out who your friends are when you get sober. But it was just very like, okay, how can I, how can I just share that the inclusion part? Inclusion is probably right. one thing that I, I think what you're doing is you're bringing people together socially to not only have that option, but talk to other people who needed that option and kind of commiserate with the fact that it exists now and the excitement and all of that so I know you, you mentioned that you've worked in events and stuff before but were you working as an event planner just like a general event planner and now you're pivoting to like the non-alcoholic kind of event space or how did that how did you morph for your real real job and your hobby Instagram together
1: I never was in uh, an event planner before um, I mean, I did events in a community level, like for, um, I used to, when I was in the coffee industry, I had a community project called coffee too. And of course, you know, that was very, uh, similar to the me too movement. And for me, that was, uh, or the whole purpose of that community project was to combat discrimination, harassment in the coffee industry. And, um, so I developed you know, I developed some skills through that that have lended itself to the work that I'm doing now. Like I, I hosted events for coffee too, and I did it very poorly. I didn't know what I was doing, but I learned so much. Um, and then fast forward several years, I was still in the coffee industry, but I had a dream of opening a non-alcoholic cocktail bar. And I took the Sands Bar Academy course, uh, with Chris Marshall
0: and... Hi, friends. Say hello to drink Say So cocktail tea bags. Yeah, I said that. These are the world's first grab-and-go cocktail tea bags that come in flavors such as Spicy Margarita, Old Fashioned, and Rosemary Honey Moscow Mule. Now I know what you're thinking. How do these work? It's simple. You just take one of the tea bags, pop it in a glass of water, hot or cold, and you've got yourself a delicious mocktail. The best part is you can get these tea bags in your car or purse at all times, so you're always ready to mix up a drink wherever you can find some water. Head over to drinksayso.com, so This Drink Sober Not Boring, and use the code DRINKSOBERNOTBORING for 10% off your purchase. Trust me, this is going to become a constant in your life. Cheers to drinking sober, not boring.
1: So I canceled my plan to be a bar owner and really sat with that for a while. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do with my.
0: very self-aware of you to not only like recognize that, but also not push forward as I feel like most people do when they're stuck. Their their perfectionism is like, no, I said I was going to do this. I said... And then they just completely torpedo their life when they had the wherewithal to, to see it, but not the ability to, to take themselves out of it. I mean. That's gotta be hard for your mental health, like to yeah. to quit per se, even if you know it's the right thing to do. But you you're you know. So it's I'm glad you did that, but I'm just kind of blown away by the fact that you acknowledge it and then dealt with it right away.
1: Thank you. Yeah, it was a little bit embarrassing for sure, because I'd I had all this support around me to create the bar. And so it was sad to not get to push forward with it, but on the flip side, I I agree with you. I feel like it was definitely the best thing for my mental health. And I can't help and serve the people around me if I am unhealthy. So I had to prioritize. that. Of course,
0: yeah. I never want to be a, a a bad role model for sobriety. I'm always like worried about like if I'm not good, why well, I'm not s- stepping up? Like I'm I'm not going to perpetuate the idea that you should be a hustler and always be okay because that also kills people. So what yes, it does. You know, the fact that you did that is going to show number one shows other people that they can, you know, pause their plans or whatever. And also let's say you did push ahead. You would have eventually came to a point where you had to stop to deal with that. Like those things don't go right. Yes. So just to, to, to like regroup before you start, I feel like probably the best case scenario. Cause it, that was the only thing you could do with a sound mind right it was like get yourself in Mm -hmm. so you could enjoy that too because I mean I'm sure it was probably way more stress than fun when you were trying to keep all that together too
1: yes absolutely but I'm really glad that I had that experience because even though I was you know sitting in the venue thinking that I didn't want to do it again um, you know it, it enabled me to pivot into this new journey where i'm doing non-alcoholic events and consulting and that i mean it's only been a month but so far it's been really satisfying it's more in line with my skill set more in line with my mental health and my physical abilities so i mean you can't ask more than that a lot of people are going to get even
0: one of those things in their job you know Mm -hmm. and i i do think that there is a there's just some kind of magic behind paying it forward in any space, but in this space in particular, because it's so young, and it's like yeah, I don't want, I want to continue to perpetuate the fact that don't get sober and then disappear. I mean, if you if you don't want to be a sober personality it's fine. But um, I the, the secrecy just I mean kills kills people. I can't even get over the fact that like people are still kind of embarrassed to say like I'm strong enough to say that I can't handle life without this substance, and I know I'm probably going to be judged. But I'm strong enough because that's the that's what it is. It's strong and vulnerable and courageous to want more for myself and to believe that you know there can be more. So I think back then I was thought it was a weak thing to do is to get sober. Now I'm like, sh- show me one person that is sober that isn't emotionally intelligent like to the umpteenth degree because you can't. they of all the you can't do both. Like you have to call yourself out. Go through that process, and you're a different person at the end. But that's the best part is you're a different person at the end. Absolutely. Like, oh, it's it's so hard to even go back to that part, that place where I like was sober and just hoping it would get better. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what pushes me to to speak about how good it truly is. Because I remember being, so I was such a little brat when I got sober. I would be like at meetings, people would be like, my life is so great, and I'm like, my life is so great. <laughs> like I never believed that <laughs> I I truly was so egotistical everybody was there putting out an act to get me sober mm. which is mm-hmm. clearly a part of problem. <laughs> but i'm like my dad would haul all these people up to this there's no way they're this happy i just feel mm. so mad at how happy like they would be laughing and i'm like what do they have to be happy about and now i'm like right oh my god oh my god what was going on in there you know like i want to give that girl a hug yes because and that's yeah go ahead no I was in because because that's probably all I needed at the time yeah you know I was being so angry because I was like thought I would I had been put in time out and I'd lost the ability to play at recess Is like how, how mm-hmm. like yeah for sure oh and by the way recess is every weekend and after every event and it's all you're gonna you know have the ability to do so either don't drink or don't go Right. And that's when I, that's kind of when I pivoted to like, okay, we well, got to drink something like you, you have to go, right? So like, how can you enjoy it and um, drink something different and create something different? And I, I wanted to share it with other people, but I think the beginning of it was for me to sh- kind of show myself that it could be more than just like a hobby or something that I did for fun. Like this could actually become something bigger right um
1: you said you've been doing this so what has your journey been but what has your journey been like for that like was your journey been in you know from from first your initial sobriety to now where are you headed um
0: so interesting because i always anybody who got sober on their own like i applaud number one don't recommend it if you have an alcohol dependency you should probably get just for like the, the medical part of it you know our bodies do get really addicted to things and it's very dangerous but um for people who you know weaned off or i don't even know how to talk about it because i never did it but i went to rehab and being in rehab i was looking around and i'm like i just kept saying to myself, these aren't people like me like i said it like every day and then on the third day i was like no you're just like these people Like, Mm -hmm. just because they're older or they've been in rehab a few times or they don't have as much money as your parents do, putting you up in this rehab, there's there's nothing different about you. So I had to be, like, I had to be told I had to get sober. I had to lose everything. I had to kind of, like, rebuild myself. And then after I was, I was, like, two months sober and I found out that I was pregnant. And Mm -hmm. wow, that was another thing where I was like, okay, this is this is good because it's another layer of you can't drink because a judge said it your parents said it and now there's a baby so mm-hmm. it was like for the times that sobriety didn't didn't seem like the coolest thing in the world I like all right i'll fall back on the other thing you know um and after i had my son i was like okay i was like 10 months sober but i'd only been sober without being pregnant for one or two months i just didn't know how to be wow, this really, like, I'm a new mom, I'm single, I um, and nothing's stopping me from drinking. Mm-hmm. You know, No one's really looking at me anymore. No one's, like, making sure I'm, you know, looking in my eyes when they see me and stuff. And I was, like, for a split second, I was, like, no, I just can't lose that trust that everybody has in me because I did not lose that trust in myself. Like, I felt I had been given a gift of my pregnancy that probably got me through some times where I probably would have relapsed. Like, most people knew in the beginning of their recovery. Um, and that that was when I felt like, okay, you, you can't go to recess. You have to sit inside. That's your life now. Like, good job. You really went too hard in your 20s, and now you have no life. Like, that's what I felt like. But also, I felt so, like, incredibly lucky to still be alive after everything that I had done. And not in jail and not you know a lot of places where a lot of people end up and i just kind of like held on to that and that's kind of what got me it was just like you're not drinking again like there is no i remember saying to myself in my head there's no scenario where you're gonna drink again Mm Yeah. so don't think like oh if you're terminally ill and you you know these are the things alcoholics think like maybe i can have a drink in my death like I to tell myself that that was never going to happen and Mm -hmm. truly believe it, like not go that place in my mind when I was fantasizing. And after a while, I started, it started to shift from this really like weird envy and jealousy to these people I didn't even like to like Mm -hmm. empathy. Do you find yourself feeling anxious or stressed? Curated by therapists, Therabox is a monthly subscription box filled with premium wellness and lifestyle goodies that inspire joy and relaxation. They partner with mission-led brands to provide you with access to the best self-care products at an affordable price. They understand that life can be hectic and it's easy to forget to take care of yourself. And that's why Therabox makes it easy for you to prioritize yourself and self-care. With a monthly subscription, you'll receive a box filled with goodies that help you feel relaxed, refreshed, and inspired. Don't wait any longer to prioritize your own self-care routine. Visit MyTherabox.com slash boring today to order to order your Therabox subscription and start feeling like your best self. I remember sitting at a red light when I was about a year sober and I had a bunch of things that kept happening to me that was like pushing me to somehow be in the space and I didn't understand it and I was really annoyed at the time. I didn't like being, I I wanted to hide it. I didn't want to be a 25-year-old sober girl because I was 24-year-old bartender that everyone loved and partied all the time i didn't think i could like switch my identity and i remember sitting at a red light and i just happened to look over and there was a guy an old subaru forester and he had a like thermos in between his legs and he was pouring out of a um, fifth of vodka into the mm-hmm. driving and i remember wow. well, as he was at the red light and i looked over and i remember just like looking over looking thinking back, looking back over and going, looking up and going, what the fuck? Like, leave me alone. Like, I stopped drinking. What else do you want from me? And I I remember going home and telling my mom and like she was just like, why are you so upset? And I was like, because when you're constantly shown things like this, it's like, how can you just go on about your day? That's such a weird thing for anyone to see. Like, why was my car so much higher than his? Like, why... Why did I look over that way? Why wasn't I texting? And after four or five things like that happen, you're like, okay, checkmate. Let me see. You know, and it just happened to be that COVID had happened, and I was I was a bartender for so long. I was like, okay, I'll make some drinks because I'm bored. It truly wasn't anything to do with being sober, besides for the fact that I couldn't put alcohol in the drinks. And then that moved on. And obviously, I don't want to like simplify it to the point where I was. I was screaming what the fuck at the sky, and then I was great. But, of course, in increments, I decided to accept the fact that I was sober and that being sober wasn't the end of my social life, as it was, as I knew it, you know? But, thank God, it was. So, I, I attribute, I went to AA for a year because I had to. And then after I didn't have to anymore, I remember being like, fuck this, I'll see you guys Never! And like getting in my car and being like, my dad was like, "Why do you hate it so much?" I'm like, "No, no, no, I don't hate it. I just can't talk every day about the things that I did in my drinking and still be healthy mentally. Healthy mentally. I'm like, yeah, I can do, I can do with it. I can talk to it once in a while, but I can't ruminate about it every day for an hour with a bunch of strangers. I'm, I'm not saying anything's wrong with that, but for me, it would put me in a headspace. where for that, the two hours before and the two hours after, I'd be thinking about it. And I would be unnecessarily, like, putting my worth in the amount of time that I had sober. And it's like, where does that come from? Like, you're not more or less of a person because you drank last week or or not, or because you slipped up or had a sip of something you weren't supposed to. And I just couldn't, I couldn't get with that. I'm I'm like, you don't get, no, 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 you don't get sober. Stay sober for a bunch of months. And then something happens and you lose all that progress, like in no other world is that true. Right. Like if you're a marathon runner and you don't run a marathon for six weeks, guess what? People are starting to say you're a marathon runner. Like, you did the thing. So that was something where I think that I had to like just kind of dissociate from that part of it. And that's where I found on Instagram, there's people that were like, oh, I don't know about sobriety, but here I am. And I was i remember being like very the, the daughter of an alcoholic in me was like no you can't do that no no I, I can't drink anything you can't drink anything and that's that's the alcoholic talking you know and i'm and i came to the fork in the road where i was like you can either beat the person that you hated in those rooms or you can be that one person that made you think like you could do it without them And i, I did not want to be that crouchy old person I never want to be that grouchy old person. I'll probably be old one day, but I hopefully not not so upset. Where if if I didn't get some kind of treatment that I wanted or desperately needed in my early sobriety, that I refuse to give it to you. Like I'm a mom. I can't I can't relate to that. Not wanting everybody after you to have a better experience, even like because of what you went through. You know, I'm I'm good at always holding that weight. I think that's, like, a blessing and, you know, someone has to. It's pretty cool that I get. But also a lot of pressure. So I think it keeps you, it kept me accountable enough to do the work to, like, be sober and be able to look at myself in the mirror still. Because you can, you stop drinking, you still have a bunch of shit going on. Like... Right. So you can. I know we used to call. Well, we used to call them when my dad was in AA um, a lot. We used to call them dry drunks. Like they would come to meetings or whatever, and they would they would be 30 years sober, but you'd be like, "You're insane! Like, you're you're worse than any drunk I know because you can actually speak clearly and you're saying the worst things I've ever heard." So mm, being sober has like so little to do with it. I think it's just like the first step of like getting to know yourself. whoever you were running from or whoever you didn't want to be at whatever point you started drinking, you know. Basically, you have to go back to that point, whoever you were, and deal with that stuff. Yeah. And that's the part of sobriety people also don't want to do, which I totally get because it sucks. Yeah, it's hard work. But they'll tell you you do that. If you do that whole journey once, you probably won't even think about going back to drink because the thought of doing that all that again is like... That's a once in a lifetime kind of journey, like to heal that. Oh, right. I, like, it's, I'm not for the faint of heart, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't like to do it again. So I'm like, I'll just keep lessons. I'm not gonna forget them, so I have to learn them again because I know inevitably if I don't remember them, I would do them again. So right. like talking about it is the way that I stopped kind of romanticizing the drinking and felt more of like my own emotions. Like, um, unfortunately, empathy is not. Apathy, empathy, you know, I don't like feeling those things when I'm at a bar or something, but it beats the alternative Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. of wishing that I was some random stranger in a short skirt, like taking a shot, because Mm -hmm. if I was her, I'd be wishing I was the girl who wasn't drinking, and I know that, Mm -hmm. so... Um, My son just came back from the library, so he'll probably be nesting in here at some point. Um, Tell me, just tell me about what your day-to-day looks like as the coordinator of Soper events and where you hope that that will bring you and kind of like where people can find you. I know you have a website. I've looked at it a few times. Um, Just kind of for people who want to continue to follow your journey, how could they do that? And what does your day in life look like now?
1: Yeah, well, uh, definitely the best ways to follow me are either on my Instagram, which is Molly Makes Drink, um, or on my website, which is Molly Makes Clink, with like two glasses clinking together. So, um, and that's mollymakesclinks.com. dot com. And for my day to day, it's really hard to explain <laughs> because it's, you know, it's it's all of the background work that goes into an event. Like when you're at an event, you're there for like maybe two, three hours, but there are, there are months of planning. that People have like... no idea. Yes? People have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, so it's really, it's, uh, but it, it could be things from like going to a venue to see if it would be a good fit for what I have in my head. It could be reaching out to potential sponsors and asking them if they would you know, provide non-alcoholic uh, bottles of spirits, wine, beer, whatever, for um, for the event. Um, it could be... It's a lot of spreadsheets. <laughs> I really like spreadsheets. I was
0: going <laughs> to say, but are you a spreadsheet person? Because for some people, that I sounds am. like hell, me. And then some <laughs> my dad would be like, oh, I spent all Sunday doing spreadsheets. And he would have like this big smile on his face. And I'm like, you were in your element, so... Yeah. That's what you like to do. Definitely in my element. Yeah. Oh. So it's just it, it's <laughs> just doing all the background work for the for the event. It's a lot of it sounds like running around, talking to people, networking, driving all the things.
1: Yeah, most of the time I get to do it from home, but sometimes it is uh, out in the world and um and I do really like when I get to have those moments because you know, sitting at home can be kind of lonely. You know, working from home has its advantages, but sitting at home can be lonely and I think that's Um, something that I've really learned from Chris Marshall of Sands Bar, you know, he was talking about, he went to, uh, I forget what the name of it, but he went to some, um, lecture series this year. And one of the topics was how loneliness is a part of the, um, you know, alcohol or substance abuse dependency, um, epidemic. Like it's really a loneliness epidemic. And so when I find myself sitting at home doing work all by myself, you know, with my dog and five cats.
0: (laughs) You just, most of the time you're at home, but then you get to, you know, kind of explore around. That's nice. It's probably nice to have the option, right?
1: It is nice to have the option, and I'm always grateful for that, you know, because uh, what I was going to say about the loneliness epidemic is just that I think that could be what drives people to drink and that and that was the point that chris marshall was making is that it you know when you don't have community um either either you don't have community or you have a community that is centered around alcohol either of those possibilities are really going to drive you to cope um it's going to drive you towards substances that will um lessen the empty feeling and so it, I do think it's important in my work to stay connected with other people um, whenever I can, just because that and I will say that the biggest one of the biggest parts of my sober toolkit is having non-alcoholic drinks around. So I have a bar in my house that's full of non-alcoholic I'm, I've seen it right here and
0: I feel like every person does this, but I envy every bar cart I see. I have a pretty cool bar cart. Like it's pretty stuff I bet you do. And I look at other people's, and I think it's just like the fun of just like seeing what other people do with theirs and like the different so many different brands now. Back when I did my first bar cart, it was like Liars, Athletic, and C flip and that was like it. And really right. bar cart's not like, oh, that's such a good idea. I wanna do that. And it's it's like a whole different level of of um like an extension of the non-alcoholic space because it's romanticizing it in a way that it never was or anyone thought it was going to be like it's cool right it's, it's fun it's like bright and there's options which yeah is the best part the options bar
1: yes absolutely and that's what i'm all about because when i got sober it was in 2016 oh yeah i think Seedlip existed around then maybe But, uh, and you know, there were some really shitty non-alcoholic beers. Oh, sorry.
0: (laughs) There were some lackluster options for sure. And, and almost the point where it was like embarrassing to, to even say you wanted to drink something non-alcoholic because the things that were out there were so gross. People were like, wait, you like that? I'm like, no, no, but I'm trying to get to like something
1: different. Like, right. The only option. And yes. And now it's a totally different ball game. Like i there was a while there where i felt like there was a new product on the market every single week and now i think it's kind of slowed down a little bit because the market is shifting but there are still so many products coming on the market all the time and that means that there are options for people regardless of what their particular preference is when it comes to how they approach their sobriety because for some people there's um you know, there's, there are no substances whatsoever, not even anything resembling alcohol. For some people, there are, you know, you're fine with non-alcoholic spirits, but you don't want it to resemble, al- you know, an alcohol-based con- counterpart, but you may want there to be CBD in it. You know, there's all of these different options out there, and um, and people may agree or disagree with any of those particular options, but the point is that they have options, you know? <laughs> like, if you if you don't you want someone else. to. Act.
0: Yeah, the context so, of literally it doesn't matter. Um, The fact that they exist for us to argue about is is the part that I'm championing,
1: you know? Yes, absolutely. And ultimately, it's a very personal decision. It's how how it serves you in your life and how that enables you to serve your family, your community, yourself, you know, all of those facets of your world um that's what's important
0: yeah i i love what you were saying earlier about the loneliness loneliness thing because one of the first quotes that i like read and it changed me in the sobriety space was the opposite of addiction is connection and i was was just like blown away by that and then i heard something else that was basically like um alcohol makes strangers more fun to talk to and sobriety makes you have friends and strangers and it's like so true the the connections that you make in sobriety because they're based on a foundation of self-realization and awareness are so almost almost instantly connective and compared to like you know half ass conversations we used to have in like bathroom bars. Hey y'all, today I am so excited to talk to you about Three Spirit, a non-alcoholic alternative to alcohol that's designed by plant scientists and bartenders to make you feel good. Three Spirit is the first of its kind, and it's a celebration of what goes into a drink rather than what is taken out. It's at the heart of everything they do, from the plants they combine on their drinks to the blending of minds and expertise of the people who make them. Three Spirits is blended by bartenders and plant scientists, which is so freaking cool! Together they're focused on maximizing the functional potency of their drinks, They carefully extract the active compounds from the highest grade at the least sourced ingredients they can get their hands on. Their processes are complex, delicate, and take time. They include maceration, fermentation, distillation, reverse osmosis, freeze drying, and ultrasonic extraction. Do you know what that is? Me neither. But I sure do appreciate it. They do whatever it takes to harness the full potential of their ingredients, and it's paid off. Three Spirit has won over 10 awards for flavor and function. So what are you waiting for? So if you're looking for a delicious, fun, and functional way to enjoy a drink without the alcohol, Three Spirit is the perfect choice for you. Head over to us.threespiritdrinks.com slash SoberNotBoring or use the code SoberNotBoring at checkout for 15% off your first order. And don't forget to check out our Instagram account, Drink Boring, for recipes and inspiration under our Mocktail Moment hashtag. Head over to Three Spirit and find out how fun and functional drinking alcohol-free can be. Cheers. we've all kind of had that foundation of vulnerability and connection with ourselves. So we're able to have deep connections. And I think that's a bonus of sobriety. I think like, like I said, getting sober is one thing, but like dealing with who you are running from is a whole nother thing. I don't think the people who get sober and they kind of are not miserable, but just for lack of a better term, just kind of like there it's because they stopped drinking but they haven't dealt with any of that other stuff so of course mm. i mean the reason if the reason why you started drinking is still there then then there's and you're not dealing with it then it's even, it could be even worse for your mental health mm. so i it i do want to say getting sober is gonna it's not all rainbows and butterflies or whatever but there is a beauty in like learning who you really are even if it's Right. Not somebody that you're proud of totally. Like having that ability to be like, okay, well, that was, that was then. And then, you know, I can do X, Y, and Z and look on the internet or to their friends from Instagram or whatever and be like, I can do that because she did it. Mm-hmm. That's how women have done things for not long enough. Like we haven't been out doing things for as long as I wish we were. But at the same time, that's how we continue to, you know, become leaders in different spaces is if you don't see it being done, your brain doesn't really think that it can be like nothing to do with your, your actual self or subconscious can't picture it. Stop. It's like, just even like you said, you're like I did it and I wasn't good at it and I learned so much. It's like, stop, even just stop, full stop at I did it, period. Because like that's when, you know. And I swear no one's looked at anything like the way that you feel like, oh, I wasn't sober today or whatever. I'm sure there's so many people that have looked at that exact experience and like done something for themselves from it. It doesn't have to be proven to be worthy. I think anything that's perfect, people are going to question, doubt, and try to, you know, prove that it's false because it's not it's not perfect. And we're mm-hmm. not doing anyone a, you know, service by acting like it is. And the only people that I trust are the people that have actually been open with me about things that they believe aren't, you know, the best about themselves. I think there's a lot of people out there that are pretty good, but if they can't point out their own flaws, then at the end of the day, I don't know. I just don't know how to go from there, you know?
1: So in your example of like, say the 30, you know, people who've had 30 years or whatever of sobriety and they're just not doing the internal work. Um, and so they, there's, they've kind of stagnated. What would you say are some good options for those, you know, for anyone who, who wants to avoid that? How do you do that internal work? What are some options? Well, I mean, like
0: I said, you can either believe in it or not believe in it, but regardless of if I believed in it or not, there was still things that kept kind of showing up in my life, like that guy in the car, or I, it's very hard to ignore, like. Like I said, you believe in whatever you believe in, but once you're sober and things are happening and you can't blame it on the fact that you're drunk or anything else, and you're like, oh, this is a pattern that keeps happening. And um, just like in anything else, it's it's like whatever drives you to work out. There's probably like 10 times where you feel like shit before you like make yourself work out. It's the same thing. You have to ignore the signs before you look for them. So they'll no me there. And if you choose to deal with it a different day or, you know, you're like, this is too hard or whatever, you might think in that very moment that you've freed yourself. You haven't. It'll come back again. And unfortunately, it comes back stronger and in bolder ways until you actually do it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I don't think there's a way to avoid. You have to work really hard to avoid doing the work. Mm-hmm. I mean, because it like for so many reasons, it's right there in front of you. You're it's a time of growth and change when you stop drinking so you're becoming a different person anyways don't do it all twice don't fight against it in your first couple years of sobriety and then realize that your relationships are shit. you're sober but you don't talk to your mom or your sister or whatever and you and all the reasons why you got sober you still have all of those problems is a good way to explain realize um it's hard to realize that maybe It wasn't the alcohol, and you just really don't like your mom. You know, like, she wasn't there for you, whatever, all those things. You can keep pretending like you don't feel that way, but it's not going to change the fact that you feel that way. It's not going to change the fact that it's going to keep coming up. So, like, there are people who jump from addiction to addiction, and I don't think it's talked about enough for somebody who will stop doing one thing. For example, I've seen people stop drinking and start running as, like, like, an addictive running. Like, I'm running morning noon and night or whatever and people will say well it's better than what they were doing and i'm like is it the? because you're just fighting yourself in a different way like you can right. ch- choose a bunch of poisons or you can choose one flight like, your whole life either way you're you're damaging yourself so right i i think that you have to um don't fight don't fight the obvious signs of the work that has to be done and get a therapist no one, is, mm-hmm. no one is going to be able to deal with years or decades of mistrust in themselves without. And nor should they. Like, it's hard when the person you're most upset with is yourself because there isn't a lot of room for compassion or empathy there. And right. You of all people know that's probably what you needed. Like I said, a hug at the time, and what more than anything, you need to continue to do the work. So it's hard to be. It's hard to be that person and then also be trying to forgive that person at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. But it's possible and it's worth it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And before we go, I want to thank each and every one of you for being a part of our growing Drink Sober Not Boring community. And a sincere thank you to Molly. We could all learn a lot from the way you gracefully handled your decision to postpone your bar opening in order to support your own mental health. By taking care of yourself, you give others the opportunity and inspiration to do the same. You can follow Molly on Instagram at mollymakesdrinks. And don't forget to head over to her website, Molly Clinks, as in clinks with a C. The sound that glasses make when you cheers them together. <laughs> don't forget to follow us on Drinks Over Not Boring and Drinks Over Not Boring Pod. You can subscribe so you'll never miss an episode. Remember, we rise by lifting others. If you know someone who might benefit from this podcast, please share it with them. You just might be helping them find the strength they need to overcome their challenges. It's never too late, and you will never be too old. Be kind to someone who needs it today, and I will talk to you next week.